What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Panthers Nation Network here at Locker Room Charlotte, like we have been all season long. We've at least showed up. We're here every week. The Panthers, that's another story. I mean, at least they showed some life this time in the first quarter. Right, right. I mean, it was fun. Like, like, like I said, that's going to be the banner hey, we hang up for the season. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Led 14-0 on the Miami Dolphins. Seeing that one going around. I'm proud of it. I'm not going to lie. I actually, I went through the rest of that game happy that, you know, like, like hey, bro, we had a chance at one point. Like, and I was like, I was like, after that, I was cool. I'm like, bro, I know what's about to happen. I know they about to put up 40. Yeah. They I mean, did. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, I did like the fact that we switched it up offensively. Had a little bit more, you know, umph to us. Uh, Bryce definitely made some plays that that just def that definitely reminds you of the guy that we seen before. Yeah, you're starting to see more of him coming along each and every week, and I think that you know this process has been a slow one, but we starting to, you know, hopefully we start to move in the right direction right now. I think so. J uh, JB, what was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, you know, coming out the bat, 14 zap against the Miami Dolphins was a good look. Chuba getting in there first, Dylan going in second, and then it turned into SeaWorld. Dolphins rattled off, you know, another four to five touchdowns right after that. So I mean, that's what that's what we expected. I think I think one thing I was very proud of was the fact that Bryce showed life. Bryce showed a lot of confidence in the, in those first couple of series. Um, again, you know, a lot of work to be done. Looking forward to this bye week, getting us some rest. Hopefully, we can get back some of those bodies we've been missing on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, maybe Corbett coming in, you know, giving us a little bit more. A little bit more meat on the on the bone as far as the offensive line, but uh, yeah, and it looks like we got a new play call in the building as well. But well, I told you it was gonna happen. If we go back, we can we can find pull up the tapes from about three four weeks ago. You asked me, I asked y'all when you thought it was gonna happen. You said when you wanted it to happen. I told you it was gonna be right before the bye week. I'm just saying. Now I will. I want to pitch this though. I've got a little conspiracy for you. I, I said something smart. Now I'm gonna say something dumb. Do you think there's a chance? That he actually was calling the plays throughout this game and then once it showed that it was able to do well because it seemed like a different offense out there for me that first few drives and it, honestly throughout the game it did not seem like what we've seen from reich in weeks past so do we think he had the reins and then all right it went pretty well let's go public with it um i wouldn't be surprised if that was the case because like you said the offense did look very much different you started to see visca use a lot more in the ways that we thought we would use the ways that we thought we would see him uh, he started seeing the play action. Try to get, try to do more things to help help these receivers that struggle get it open. You did more to help those guys out throughout the course of the game. There's no it, screens. It, it, there, there were no screens, which seemed to be a staple in the Frank Wright offense. So again, that's not a crazy idea at all. To think that that maybe he had had a hand in play calling this week, and just just to get a glimpse of what it could look like. And I think just because of how well it took off in that first half. Got time to go ahead and make the change, especially over the bye week. Give him a chance to have a long week exactly. to help prepare, help implement some new yeah. newer things. Cause it's kind of it's gonna be hard to change offensive philosophy smack dab in the middle of a you know of a six yeah. game stretch like, like like how you had to start the year off. So yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were the case. Yeah, I wouldn't say I you know now that you say that I would say much more from a situational standpoint. I don't know about a full game. But maybe in that first, the first part of the game, you know, letting him get his feet wet, see what it was like. I still think Frank Wright had his pride and ego there. He probably wanted to throw in, you know, some of his nuances that he wanted to show. And, of course, they fell flat on their face. But I'm interested to see a full game plan implemented by Thomas Brown. I want to see what he brings to the table ultimately throughout the four quarters, what he will do to even modify the game as we go through the game, the situations that he's seeing from the defenses, that's what they're giving how he makes those adjustments at halftime, how he comes out in the second half, 
because we typically come out very, very, very flat in the second half. So we'd really like to see what he looks like coming out of halftime and what that offense looks like in the second half. Yeah, to touch on that, I think that that's still one of my biggest issues, and we can go, you know, dive deep into what we were talking about offensively, defensively. But yeah, JB, like you were saying, I think that's been still one of the bigger issues, and that's going to come from Reich and just in general. I don't think it's even been a, you know, a Brown or a Navarro issue. It's been just across the board is that lack of adjustment at halftime. We've seen it time and time again, you know, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, or I'm sorry, especially on the offensive side of the ball, attacking these defenses. These opposing teams, they are getting after us in the second half specifically what i think you know christian wilkins had you know, two sacks in that third quarter right off the jump i mean we stopped him on that first drive in the second half and then couldn't get anything going really after that up until they scored that you know final third touchdown which it is kind of odd that the last two weeks we've had both box scores of 42 to 21 which is odd to me but you know that, that's been a big issue for us is trying to you know trying to adapt at halftime that the, the, the next step for this team is being able to protect like i mean like you said you you can we know how the first 15 plays of a game usually go. Those yeah. are your best 15. You reel, you reel those off. Okay, now how do you look post that? I mean, in that first half, you you look solid enough. Well, really just the first quarter, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah. So it's like, to the, to this point, at what point can you trust your left tackle to stay out there on the island and protect? I think until you can figure that out, until you can fi- solve that equation of what's gone wrong with Icky to this point, like he seems... At one point, I wanted to say, "Hey, maybe it's the scheme. Maybe, it, maybe it just doesn't fit him." But I'm like, "Bro, at this point now, he can't. He can't seem to do anything one on one by himself that we trusted him to do last year, toward the end of last year." And I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like the semblance of not having a power back and not being able to really lean on the on the run game. We tried leaning on the run game this week, and I thought the run game did perform better. But you still don't have that other back that can truly be that that blunt force that you want that you want to have yeah i i really don't like having to use chuba in that type of role i think he's i think he's much better as a as a guy that you know that comes in and spells you and he's much and he's much more of that slasher he's a powerful guy but yeah. you definitely don't want him to have to play that bruiser role and i think until we figure we st- that still has to be figured out hopefully thomas brown can get this thing can get the thing can get everything going in the passing game you know a little bit quicker obviously just being able to get the quick game going to possibly alleviate some of that pressure early on but i don't know that some of these things i don't think we can can re, can be remedied by just a coaching change it's going to be a just a roster change right now that we have to that we won't be able to make it till maybe next season yeah no no i agree i agree with all points made i think icky has been the weakest link we, we haven't figured out why he regressed so much between last year's offensive scheme to this year's offensive scheme um, I agree with Chuba Hubbard. The one thing I do want to see more of, though, is instead of running Chuba between the tackles all the time, let's get him out on those outskirts. Let's get him out there where we put him on the outside, get him on some of those swing patterns. I think he has enough speed to do it. He's a small, com- compact back that he can fit between the tackles, but if he's going to be one of our main people touching the ball, as many touches as he's gotten, we're going to have to put him on the outside a little bit more. I did like the use of LaVisca. I think with his injury, though, it's kind of going to hamper him and getting more time where I would like to have seen him in some of the fullback sets that we thought about, some of those sets coming around on those end of rounds. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm also very, very curious about what is Thomas Brown going to do with team, with Marshall. You know, he's he hasn't performed up to par. He's had several key drops in key situations that would have given us the yardage to progress the downs forward, getting down the field. So really want to see what is he going to do with Marshall. I think that that's going to be a key into the success. I mean, Trimble showed up, which was very, very shocking to me. 
Um, and then, you know, with, with, with Ian Thomas going down, we got that five tight end back, you know, that five tight end room. Where tight end is going to come in? Hayden Hurst has got to come from somewhere. So we got to see what he's going to evolve into as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Tommy Tremble is a big key surrounding Icky as well. You know, like you said, at a certain point, you can't coddle mm. your left tackle to the point where you have to put somebody next to him. But like you were talking about, JB, throughout that first quarter, specifically when we were doing well in the run game, T Tremble was over there on that left side helping Icky out multiple times to give Bryce Young the time to make those key throws that we wanted to see from him or to give Chuba those tiny holes as they are. That's what's baffling me. You talk about trying to run Chuba out to the left and right a little bit more outside the tackles. We've got guys built in to be lead blockers. Tommy Tremble, Giovanni Bernard. Mm -hmm. like the, the, I know the eye, you know, the mm -hmm. eye formation is kind of dead in the NFL now, but like you have that skill set to be able to facilitate that. And if you aren't worried, you know, because if I'm worried about Icky trying to hold a pass block, at this point, I'm also still worried about him trying to be able to run block to send Chuba out to that side, you know? So I think that Tommy Tremble can be very vital. I wasn't surprised to see his output. We've seen those flashes since we've drafted him in the small instances where he's actually been used. That was like, he was one of the ones in that draft class that I was like, all right, that was like a supposed to be a steal, you know, that we saw his tape in college. He wasn't, you know, it was more of a prototype guy, but we were wanting that kind of guy. So you talk about what we're going to do, you know, with Ian Thomas being out. Look at I, I can we can whittle the tight ends down a little bit for me. Hayden Hurst I still think deserves a role on the team just for what he brings to the table. But as far as tight end goes, I think that Tommy Tremble does need to see a little bit more of the field. And then you're right, JB. I'm wondering how this transition will spread the ball a little bit more. Bring TMJ back into the mix. You know, bring Mingo a little bit more into the fold to see if it's spread out a little bit more than just Thielen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tommy Tremble is definitely more athletic than Ian Thomas yeah. is by far. And again, like you said, I think he does a lot of things better than Ian Thomas strictly from a blocking perspective. That's what we thought he was coming in to be, you know, to be that, you know, that dual threat type of guy, fullback, H-back type of type of player. Uh, he's definitely, I mean, you start you start to see once he gets the ball in his hands, he is a guy that can start to rumble a little bit. And he, he seemed to get more confidence as a receiver. So that's a big thing for us move, moving forward now too. Like you said, you, if, if he fulfills that this role, you can definitely go to those two tight end sets. Like I said, Giovanni Ricci, do you want to get him involved? Do you want to throw him in the backfield, him him play that H-back role? There, there are ways to use some of these guys. You kept five tight ends on the roster for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Even, I mean, Steven Sullivan's even bad now. So, I mean, you, I mean, again, figure out how to get some of these guys going. And, and um, like you said, I will say, I do wonder what the role for Terrace Marshall will be. Because to this point right now, it doesn't feel like he's even on the team. If, like you, I mean, you go one week where you have nine catches in the next week to not playing a single snap. That is just, that's the most baffling thing to me. Like, I i don't, I can't recall the last time I've seen a, like a guy who you slated to be, you know, you, you drafted him in the second round. He had some injuries. Yeah. You're trying to make him a part of this new offense and he doesn't see a single offensive snap. It's one thing to not, you know, start the game. It's one thing to not have a reception in a game. But to not see the field whatsoever in any capacity is mind-boggling, especially for this offense they were trying to perpetrate. Now, I think that, for me, also, we talk about, you know, what we did like from the offense. We did see you talked about, you know, Chuba, and, and you talked about how we need a little bit more of that push. Again, I, every week, and again, I'm just, I'm so smart, and, I, and I'm saying this incredibly facetiously. Please don't think I actually believe this in myself. But I've been saying from the get-go, I've been on the fence about Miles Sanders since the preseason. Every, uh, my confidence in him went down every time I went out there and watched him, whether it was just from a lack of effort, just a lack of consistency, or just a lack of output. And for me right now, I'm cool. I'm cool off him. Yeah. I, I, we, like Chuba and Blackshear are 
clearly, you know, doing what they need to do and filling the role that he was supposed to play right. and to allow for us to bring in a bruiser to then compliment him. He's not playing that role. Yeah. He's yeah. not being a bruiser to compliment. So I, th that's money that we are wasting at this particular, at, at this moment. Yeah, that, yeah, I would say too, I would say too with that too, I would say, you know, I, the more you talked about it, Jack, and the more I started looking at it, I don't even know if Miles is 100% healed. Oh, right? I don't think he, I don't think he came no. to us. I think I think I think he's coming in right around sixty percent of who he could truly be in this offense. I think that that's hampered him enough for us to be cooled off of him. To your point, to say you know what, maybe he's not a fit. I do want to give him the benefit of the doubt in that a he doesn't have the line in Carolina that he had in Philly, no. and b he's not a hundred percent. But to say that is to also say as well in that this new kind of new regime of Thomas Brown calling the plays. If you look at the way the Rams used to play when he was over there, yeah, it was really Cooper. It was really wide receiver centric, right? Everything ran through the wide receiver, which opened up the run game. So Chuba, even though he's going to get those touches, if we can get Mingo and Thielen and 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 TMJ, get these guys really rolling, and then you're implementing a tight end, a couple of tight ends in there, Chuba's going to be able to help out in a way where if Miles Sanders comes back, he can come back in that role to kind of complement what Blackshear and what Trouba are doing. So to our initial point back in the preseason, running back by committee is going to be the best solution for Bryce. I agree because there's a reason why you see, I mean, it's always the ongoing argument with running backs whenever they're asking for more money, you know, well, look at the Super Bowl teams, look at the winners and look at what they're running, who their running backs were. I mean, there's a reason the Rams haven't had a dominant rushing attack since Todd Gurley. There's a reason why it's because the offense mm -hmm. now in place isn't, doesn't facilitate that. Right. There's a reason why the, you know, the, the Chiefs, are winning Super Bowls with Clyde Edwards-Alaire barely playing, Isaiah Pacheco, you know, even before that, I mean, guys like, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that they had, you know, that were winning those in those Super Bowl teams. Even the 49ers in their runs, you know, their famous four horsemen running attack when they went to the Super Bowl their first time around. Now, obviously, they've changed that perspective a little bit. But, you know, and even like Miles Sanders just used as one of those quotes or as one of those examples for the Eagles even last year. Yeah. Like this was the running back they were going with this, what he was getting paid. So I think that Chuba and Blackshear could be the perfect kind of running backs to fill into this new wave of the NFL that isn't as running back, you know, centered. Yeah, absolutely. I thought seeing Raheem Blackshear back out, there was a good sign. He, I could say he, it was like, aggravating, honestly. It, it, it was aggravating because you, you look at how he ended the year last year. Him and Chuba both, I don't – there's a, there's, there's a thing about, you know, it's always thinking the grass is going to be green when you go out and sign some of these guys and thinking that Miles Sanders was going to come in and be this key piece. But to that to that point in his career, he had never been the feature back. No. He had never been a true number one. He never had a 1,000 yards prior to last year. So, uh, so again, and then not equally divvying out the shares of touches. Yeah. That, that that's, another, that's another problem for me as well. And also wasting a guy like Blackshear who, who contributed for you last year. I think that's that's one of those things where I'm like, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind watching guys be successful. Yeah. And then not and then you can't seem to find a role for them. So I mean, I understood like initially what the mindset was because we saw last year that if we hadn't, didn't run 40 times a game, we weren't winning that game. And that's because guys like Chuba and Blackshear, they needed to get those like 10 to 12, like three to four yard runs to break out one of their classic, you know, 30, 40, 50 yard up the middle, wide open runs. Same with Foreman, you know, he needed to get his 20 bruising, you know, carries a game. So I understood the idea where like you could bring Miles Sanders in and we're not bringing him in for Like, I think that's what is upsetting is that if we really break it down, 
Miles Sanders was not brought in to be a running back. Like, he was brought in to obviously play that role, but he was not to be in, in between the tackles. He was brought in for those swing passes, those, you know, those wheel routes. He was brought in for those kind of the variability of it all. And mm. then he can't even do that. Like, we always talked about him not to being a dominant runner, but to be a safety valve in a McCaffrey-esque way for Bryce Young. And that was all, I mean, he's trying to go out there. And to your point, JB, I don't think he's 100% healthy because he's catching the ball and then falling down untouched the minute he gets the ball. And we saw that not once or twice, but three or four freaking times from him. Yeah. And I think that's what yeah. gets, you know, that's why, that's another reason why I said I've kind of it lost its luster. Yeah, for me, I think, too, you see it in his, his lack of burst, right? And that's what we talked about the last, the last, the last episode in that. If you see Chuba get the ball, it's that burst straight through the hole. It's how he's manifesting those runs, pushing it straight through the straight through the offensive line into the second tier, into the defensive side of the ball. You know, and it's with me, Miles seems very, very, very tippy-toe-ish. It, it almost seems like he can't seem to plant and get a full head of steam to get through there to get those yardages. So, I mean, it, again, I'm happy with where we are as far as what we've seen. I'm truly, I'm truly excited to kind of get a kind of new breath of fresh air going coming out of the bye week we got a big tall task coming in the number two pick the one that everybody thinks we should have picked coming into the house coming into the bank it's going to be a very very high level high high visibility game in that the one and the two up going up against each other thomas brown's calling his first game do we see a difference what does the offense look like and also what does that run defense look like coming out of that right so there's got to be some things that are going to change from that perspective because Rasheen, uh, Mostert looked like he was going to be a Hall of Fame running back against us, which we've said all year that's been a huge, huge issue in giving up those big plays. We haven't figured that part out. I don't know what Everrose is going to do. We are really, really down on the defensive side of the ball. Lubu was hurt. Dante was hurt. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Woods is hurt. So we're really damaged on that side of the ball. It's going to be really, really interesting to see how Everrose is going to be able to hold them back especially with the way Tank Dell's been these first six weeks. I mean, he's really put his name out there. C.J. Stroud's looking like he was the man we should have drafted. So how do we kind of curtail those attitudes and really, really come out and give our best foot forward? And hopefully we get our first win at the bank in front of our crowd. I, at this point, I just want to win in general. But it's interesting you talked about, you know, Thomas Brown. And I think we all talked about, you know, how rough these first six games were going to be. And I think, you know, there's even some mm -hmm. people saying on Twitter, like, you know, Frank Reich wanted to give Brown the reins earlier, but also didn't want to throw him in the situation where he's going to get, like, again, like we talked about, in a, in, a, in a blood match against the Dolphins, you know, where if he actually didn't have the, the, the play calling and rights, like we were speculating, that's a tough testament to go. So instead, you go give him an extra week and a half, put him up against the Texans in a game that is really going to be like, like you said, JB, talking about all of just the outside noise surrounding it with who we passed for, you know, who we passed up, and but not only in, not only in Cedar Shroud, but also Tank Dell, because if you look back at the numbers, he was still on the board when Jonathan Mingo was taken. So that's not even like, not only did we not take Shroud, we didn't take Tank Dell either. And that was another big thing. So I think that it's going to be big week for Thomas Brown. And I'm, I'm wondering, interesting what y'all are thinking, what how, what impact are we going to see and how quickly do you think we're going to see this impact? Um, I think you'll see how to play design. Like we saw it, I think we saw it this past weekend, how the play designs definitely differ between what we've seen like the previous five weeks. Um, being able to get your guys out in space, how will you work those guys in? I mean, now missing LaVisca will be huge yeah, moving forward because I thought a lot of what he was trying to implement played into the hands of what LaVisca did well. So him being out with a high ankle sprain will 
it will definitely hurt. But I, you know, crazy enough, called me crazy. But I think Smith Marset starts to see more touches in God, his I offense so. now. But just just because of the semblance of speed that he does yeah. have, I think you got to start to see him hit the field up, hit, hit the field a bit more. And I think you see Mingo start to take start to take that next step as well. I I feel like I've started to see him be more involved in the offense the past couple of weeks. Um, definitely a guy I want to see what he can do after the catch. Is going. To, I, I think you're going to see, you know, your younger guys start to really start to take shape and take form in this Thomas Brown offense, and it's important for him. He was the guy that that banged the table for Bryce to be to be the number to yeah. be the number one overall pick, and so prove yourself right in the, in this game. That's that this that's the biggest thing. Mingo as well. That's another guy that you that you took. Prove they have. You don't have to because everything doesn't can you know hinge upon it winning this game. But you want to prove that you made the right choices to the guys that you definitely <laughs> that you definitely passed on that are right now flying high, having a great season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm more interested in the defense. Um, I want to see how we can come out and really start putting some hats on this run game. Um, and it's definitely the weakest part of our of our defense. We got, again, I, I don't understand a lot of the reasons of why we're not being able to plug the hole. It seems week after week, we kind of teeter on getting better, but we always fall off that second quarter through the second half of the game. And I don't know whether it's us being tired of being on the field, whether we're tired of getting pounded on, or if the offensive side of the ball on the other team has figured out what we can't do. And then he just say, you know what? We're going to run it until you stop it. Um, so I'm really interested on that side of the ball. From, from Thomas Brown, I want to see the innovation. Bar none. However, however he puts it out on the field, I want to see innovation. I want to see the reason why we call him one of the brightest minds within that offensive room that we've got right now. I want to see him bring some of those dynamic sort of schemes that we that we've been yearning for. Now, true to personnel may not call for, it, but use the personnel we've got and at least show us some sparks of it. Because up until this point, we haven't seen much at all. Yeah, I agree with you on that point. I think touched on the offense though for thomas brown i think that you talk about you know bringing in that ingenuity you know bringing in that variability bringing in that new age kind of offense shantice and i were at dillard on sunday talking about this though like the receivers we got in place on our team they're not the new age type of wide receiver and that's really what is upsetting is that you talk about especially with lavisca going out like that's your guy to be ingenuitive with and to be you know and it'd be trying to new age with like you're not gonna run any double reverses from Mingo to, to 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 Chark. Like it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna work. And you know if you had still had Shy Smith on the team, that you might be able to do it. I mean, and you talk about Ishmith or Ishith, I can never say his name. Smith Marset, you know, bringing that speed, that could be somewhere where you try to bring that in. But that's the big problem is that we brought in these guys. They're not like your AJ Browns. They're not your DK Metcalfs. They're bigger, but they're nowhere near as fast as they are. And they can, but they're also not nearly as big as they are. And then you got you know Thielen clearly shows that he's able to play in a much more dynamic role than he had in minnesota um but he's still he's not a cooper cup you know he, you know he's not he, he's not, i mean he's not and that's you know that he's not in that echelon of that type of wide receiver so you're not going to get that out of him for some reason Derek wright still has a job I, I don't know why that was something that still has happened but so that's i think what's going to be concerning i want to see what thomas brown can do with the offense we have in place because i think that it's you know he's he not was spoiled in LA by any means. I mean, he definitely had a different kind of skill set in LA mm. when the time frame he was there. And then he, of course, wasn't calling plays in that regard either. But I think that it's going to just be interesting to see what he can make do right now. 
Um, you talk defensively. Uh, look, I think it's just been a matter of we've just had, a, like you said, this the six-week stretch was brutal for many reasons. Outside of the Saints game, if Kamara was in that game, you're playing six of the most like prominent running attacks like in the NFL both from this year to last year, like tra even tra transition, what have you, like you knew what you were going to get from B. John Robinson. You knew what you were going to get from the lions. Even Madison is able to still perform well. You knew what you were going to get last week, especially you might not have known going into the season, but you, you damn well knew, you know, after the Broncos game, what you were going to go up against. And then even, you know, looking at the Seahawks game, like you knew it was going to be somebody like Kenneth Walker was more than likely going to make you pay. So I think that's just been the issue when it comes to our rushing attack. I mean, we have had issues with that all the while. And of course, like you talked about a few weeks back, just the lack of output from, you know, uh, Deshaun Williams and from Shy Tuttle has really played a part in that. And I think honestly, and I hate to say it because it, it, I think it's what we needed to bring at this moment in time, but injuries just drained it. I think it's the scheme. I, I really don't think the scheme plays well. I mean, it's, it's not built to play well in a plug the run stopping defense well not when you let your biggest nose tackle walk out of the that's door. what i'm saying you know? i mean we just don't have the we just don't have the horses for this right now i think what he's trying to do definitely works we've seen that Ivero's defenses they work you look at how bad just get gassed you, you just get gassed you just don't have the players to run it right now no. um like you said like i mean not having the jc horn back there in the back end for changes real. a lot i mean it, it's it's night and day how this secondary looks when he when he is and when he isn't on the field and not being able to take away anybody's number one or even number two receiver is a problem um you start looking at the guys that played alongside brian burns and Derek brown i would say a lot of the reason why you haven't seen you feel like you haven't seen brian burns pop well who's on the other side of brian burns that applies any pressure they got justin houston to this point we were expecting a lot of justin houston to yeah come we in. were i mean i like you know, we 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 expected we a bit hoping. much. We were hoping, right? But we got no production from any of the other guys. I mean, Yatour has 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 his place here and there, but Yatour is not a pass rusher. No, he's he, not. He makes his plays in the ground game, and he has his impact here and there, but he's not a solidified rusher enough to the point where it takes pressure off of Brian Burns. Nobody in the interior has helped Derrick Brown out at all. Not at all. Derrick Brown has still played well, but you know you know how much harder it is to play well when nobody else can can eat up any space. He does. He's been doing it his entire time here. I mean, right. we've been looking for his, you know, his compliment the entire time he's been here. I think it's what you talked about. You hit the nail on the head. Like, this scheme works well in run defense when you are able to trust and rely on your defensive backs. If you're having to pull these guys that are on your edges back into coverage because you don't have the cats to be able to cover, then that's where your, your run defense goes. You can't send four guys. You can't send five guys on a blitz or on, a, on to, to attack the run because you got to drop them back in coverage, which is not what we wanted from them. That's why we're having these issues. And then not even the guys we want to be in coverage. You know, Houston, we were like, all right, he had those picks, but it wasn't because he was in coverage. It's because somebody else was in coverage and he could be a spy or fly under the radar. He's not able to do that when he's in that starting prominent role. So we said, you know, Fitterer, like the pickups he made, especially on defense and in offense, a lot of the time, I, I'll say that point again, you know, they're good pickups to be backups to be fill-ins the problem is that either he does them to put them into a starting role or he does that and then the guys that are ahead of them get injured and then they're having to play in and you obviously want your backups to be able to play a starting role but i mean there's a reason why they're backups right and so i think jb to your yeah, point i said it i said it yeah i, think, I said it you know i think we underestimated shaq's presence oh yeah in the in the, in the middle um, you know, I think for me, 
I definitely underestimated it. I think with him going out, Nubu being injured, YGM now kind of teetering on that injury, the injury broke JC Horn yet again being out. I mean, you talk right there, and then Jeremy Chin, the non-existent guy, yep. who we really had high expectations for, that's been a disappointment, and it's been an utter failure in how we've used him. And I think we've used him incorrectly, and I don't think he has the confidence that I know he can play and the skill level I know he can play with. I just think his confidence is, is gone. So, you know, I agree with Shantice 100% in that I don't think the horses that we have in the stable fit what we're trying to do. Strictly based on the fact is we don't have the depth. We don't have the people who we thought were going to be there to kind of offset some of these pickups that Fitterer has had. I'm more frustrated with Fitterer in that he's consistently looking for all these positions, but I have yet to see him talk about an offensive lineman. Now, everybody else in the nation can see why we're having these issues on the offensive side of the ball, but everything else is about we need a receiver. We need to, Yeah, we need a receiver, but guess what? If we had a line, some of these receivers we got would have receptions for positive yards instead of Bryce trying to throw from his back. So there's that offset that I think for me, we talk about Reich, and I've said it before, Federer has to be held accountable as well to me in that he should be doing more as, as far as my in my mind is showing up that offensive line. And I'm tired of hearing about the reports of Ryan Burns is up for trade, Dante Jackson's up for trade. Jeremy Chen is up for trade. So you're trying to trade away the other half of the defense. What do you think you're going to get for that? Well, and what that, do you think you're going to give it at least? Well, and, and that's going to be the interesting thing because, yeah, I mean, Federer is on the hot seat more than anybody, and it's going to be an interesting kind of, you know, battle of philosophies. You talked about, like, not having the cats on defense. Mm. Well, now there are Dante, Chin, you know, are all on the trade. Uh, Marshall are on the trade block. So are you trying to win now, like you've been saying you have for the whole time? Or are you trying to then just get pieces to, you know, try to correct your mistakes and try to, you know, because the biggest thing is going to be trying to get back into the draft. And you're going to have to trade. If you want to get a first rounder, you're not going to get a first rounder straight up for Chin, for Dante, or for TMJ. Right. It's, just, it's just not going to happen. You're not, if you trade now, you know, two out of three of them in a package, or, or, you know, them and something, you know, and what we're all hoping doesn't happen with Burns for something in a first, you know, you're going to go back on everything you've been saying as a GM about this win now mentality. We have the horses to do, you know, to, to make this race happen right now. We can, you know, like you said, his infamous quote, you know, we can, we can take the, we can take the division. We, we're in a place to take the division right now. You're going to go back on that philosophy by doing that to save your own ass from the mistakes that you have put this team in already by going on you talk about that lineman yeah i mean there's you drafted zavala that was a good that was a good and probably you know the most sensible draft pick out of all of them i would say uh, obviously bryce young you can say what you want about that was going to be a toss-up either way right mingo i mean you need a wide receiver but zavala right like that made sense right but i mean you said this earlier and i and i want i really want to pick it back off of it pick it back off of it initially when you said it a lot of the signings he's made have been backup signings. And a lot of the draft picks he made, he's made haven't been guys that can even stick in this league. No. Like, none of the guys, like, go, go through all of the list of guys that got released it's that, that were that were Scott Federer draft picks. These guys are either on practice squads right now or they're not in the league. I mean, no. right now, I think, like, Keith Taylor I think is with the Chiefs. Shy is with the Titans now. Brandon Smith got picked up by the Eagles. But they're all on practice squads right now. Yeah. So you so you haven't even picked up quality NFL guys that can come in that can come fill in and be stars for you right now to this point. So 
there's no trust that I have in him to make me make me think that if he goes and gets more draft picks, he can get it right this time. He, the free agent signings have been bad. I mean, you, and, and not only see, not only that, you you went out and paid a running back top end money, haven't got any production out of him. No. You know what I'm saying? So I think to this point. There's nothing that can now save his, Scott's job. Now, now, to, now to his defense, he didn't know that was going to be the highest. I don't think he thought in any way that was going to be the highest deal a running back was going to get. Fair enough. With but the guys I, on the market. I will say the market, he set the market. That's he, crazy. He, it, he, he it, said, didn't, it didn't ever say, hey, this is what you should be paying. There was no indicator or no no, oh, no yeah. precedent that this is what you need to pay him. And look, hindsight being 2020, yeah, we say, oh, you shouldn't have. Hey, you shouldn't have gave that money to, to Miles Sanders, but I get why he did it coming oh. off the year he had. You like, okay, let's go. We have a chance to go get a guy like that. Then yeah, you do it. But he's missed in on every in every step of the way. He's yeah. hit on guys like the Frankie Lulus and guys of that guys of that nature. But which those guys were special teamers. Yeah. In their previous situations, you just so happen to get lucky. And those guys and t- turn 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 around to work out. I mean, we said it time and time again. Even then, then when he does hit on a guy, because you know who would have been really great in this three four set. Hassan Reddick would have been just so lovely in this set. And he, and he hit on that and then decided it was too expensive to follow through on your good idea. Same with Gilmore. And you can say what you want about it in that situation. He didn't want to stay with that regime, what have you. But his defense for not getting Gilmore the money was that the money had to go somewhere else and you give it to the guy that you drafted, you know, in the second round off of his, you know, off of his first year. And now then you turn around and put him on the trade block. Not you know a not what two years removed from making that that acquisition, so it's just this constant like, yeah, you're gonna have to make moves and try to backtrack. You don't want to double down, but like, it's just showing without saying like, I didn't make the right call. I'm having to make the right call. So JB, you talked about like, you know, oh the Texans game's not like you know, end of the world. If I'm Tepper right now, off of the conver- from the tension and the conversation that we're t- we're hearing about, you know, the meetings that are happening. The guy whose job is on the line and the guy who is going to benefit most yeah. from a win against Houston is Scott Fitterer to validate, just if yeah. anything, to validate his decision to take Bryce Young or Tepper's decision, whoever's decision, because I don't rightly believe that it was just David Tepper who wanted Bryce Young. I don't, I, that for me, I you uh, Jerry Jones is the only owner in the NFL that would make and say, this is who I want and then that's who they're going to take. Like, I don't believe that for a second. But either way, you still made that decision. And then same with Jonathan Mingo. Like you talked about for Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown fought for both, you know, Jonathan Mingo and for Bryce Young, which is why, again, like you said, JB, I hope that motivates him to call an even better game to showcase their abilities. But this Texans yeah, game, yeah. I think, is paramount for Federer. Yeah, I think I think the Texans game is paramount not only for Federer, but it's, it's paramount for Bryce. It's paramount for a lot of things. I think it's paramount for our organization in, in its totality. It's a telltale sign of where Tepper's driving the ship. It's a telltale sign of, is it over for Federer, to your point? It's also a telltale sign of, where are we measuring the Carolina Panthers going forward? Because right now, we're at the bottom of the barrel. We haven't been this bad since 1998. It is a telltale sign also of, we are the highest scoring team in our division, but we haven't won a single freaking game. So... What does that mean overall? And to and I think it's an indictment on everything Shantice just said and everything you just said. It's about how we've drafted. It's about the free agents we've signed. It's about how we've tried to bring this band of misfits together. And I mean, you guys know in my te- in our text chats, 
I am the first one to jump off the to, to jump off the cliff and and really really go all in. And I really had to take a step back today when we got the notification about Thomas Brown. But this game against the Texans, this game against the Texans is huge. It's huge on so many levels in that D'Amico Ryan's was going to interview with us or interview with us. We were supposed to take C.J. Stroud. He was an option. Everybody thought we were going to go for Tank Dale. We didn't take Tank Dale. So, again, it's this one versus two mentality. And right now, the ones that pick second in this bill, they're way better off than we are coming into this game. And you better believe they're motivated to come kick our butts. So if we're not coming to play, if we're not coming with innovative plays, if the defense isn't ready to plug this hole, it's not only going to be a long Sunday, but Tepper may be having Monday morning meetings, not at the coffee shop, but at the unemployment line for a couple of people. No, I agree. And I think it's, you said, you know, it's kind of scary. You know, there's all that Texans Twitter beef preseason. It's been really quiet for a while and they've had every opportunity to be like, Oh, you know, here's CJ Stroud doing so much better. And I can only imagine how bad it would be though. If they come in and, 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 and route us, how bad the Twitter presence would be later that day. What was the game? That game is at home on the road. Yep. At home. At home. You can't lose. Oh, yes. Yeah, retirement day. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's the hall of, uh, hall of fame game. Yeah. It's the hall of, it's the hall of, hall of fame game. You, al- you also can't lose your hall of honor game. That like Pep and Moose getting inducted. Yep. You can't. I'm the yep, you yep. can't lose that one, bro. Yeah. You cannot front. It, it, it would re- be really just disappointing and just really, I mean, I, like, I don't think, like, for me in that, in that matchup, you know, Bryce doesn't have to prove anything to me. Just continue to play the way he's been playing. I think he's like, I again, every throughout all these variables, I think that I, I'm not, and I don't like it when there are certain fans that say that we're caught, like, you know, because that's been a big thing, you know, is that the, the fans are coddling Bryce. I, I, He's your rookie quarterback, and don't you want to give your rookie quarterback the benefit of the doubt? Right. I mean, not only that, what did you expect? Like, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the the last rookie season we saw, I think warped so many people's minds and how yes. this is supposed to go, how it usually goes for a lot of guys. Where is that? Like, bro, this is a it's, you know, it's still a learning year. Like, they still have to learn. And I mean, in these things, the learning process for some takes longer than others. I think I've seen Bryce continues to get better week by week. So I'm not truly worried about anything no. I've seen to this point. A lot of the issues that we're having aren't because of Bryce. I mean, I, a lot of the issues we talked about the issues earlier in the episode. Just because you're starting left tackle, your your number six overall pick right now can't seem to hold his own. I no. think. So I mean, I think if a lot of things were better around him, had a lot of things been better as far as the, the front office and and who they're deciding to to grab in free agency, things would look different. Um, but right now I've seen nothing. I've seen nothing from Bryce that may that that makes me worry. There are things that he's just gonna have to work through as a rookie that. Yeah, just gonna take time and, and taking the time and taking enjoyment out of his like you know detrimental play and like trying to say that CJ Stroud is doing so much better that doesn't make your ticket cost any less it doesn't make us win ball games it doesn't make him play better it doesn't make CJ Stroud play worse it just makes you look bitter it makes you look bitter and like you're hoping that this guy was gonna come and fail and it's you know if you wanted CJ Stroud cool like that's that's whatever I mean that's that's your own prerogative but then this is the guy you've gotten and if you're going to spend money on jerseys, you know, like you're going to, you shouldn't continue to, to prop up these. Well, this is what CJ Shroud's doing. He's not throwing any, you know, he has less weapons or he has a different system. It's a different situation. Like there's, he, yep. and, and it's not like they're, they're undefeated. It's not like he's the number one quarterback in the NFL right now. Like he has his issues. They've lost games because of his issues and because of the team's issues. 
like yes they've obviously won a game but if your metric is that like that low that you're trying to to you know drown him because you haven't won a game when, and you're looking at this six weeks and not understanding why we've lost six games like I did not expect it to be this bad not at either. all. I don't think there's any Panthers fan that looked at no this schedule either. and said it was going to be 0-6. But looking at these teams, it's not far off the course to say, yeah, you could lose every one of these games. If you have two divisional rivals that, yes, are in different you know situations, and JB, like you said, we're the highest scoring team in the division, that does hurt. But they're still division rivals, and I don't care what you say. Philadelphia could lose to New York next week, and I would not be surprised. Right. Because it's a divisional matchup and those carry different weights to them and then outside yeah. of that it's the dolphins the seahawks the lions and the vikings like those aren't those aren't gimme games mm. we said going into this year i said it going into this year and you you all said as well every one of these games was a toss-up right. every single one the only one i think that we all thought legitimately was going to be a loss no matter what was ironically the cowboys game which now looking at it that's a toss-up game again I think still. Okay. <laughs> I still think it is. I still look at. I still. I mean, after the way they played against the Dolphins, like, and the way they played against. Well, well, Jack, Jack. Let me, let me, let me interrupt you, buddy. Um, I don't know if Rice has had his head on the swivel the way he's going to need to have his head on the swivel for Micah Parsons. All I'll the flat that. that Micah has taken, all the, all the, all the flat that he's taken on Micah. You know, Micah has taken over the yeah. last couple of weeks. He's got something to prove. I mean, I want to. I want to talk through something that you were kind of teetering on, there, and I want to. I want to buy in with you. This game coming up against the Texans is for the haters to have an "I told you so" game. It is. That's all it is. End of the day, it's an "I told you so" game. It is. So, the, in order for it not to turn into that, to Shantice's point, and I agree with Shantice, and I was going to say that before he did, in that I've seen improvement week over week with Bryce. Yeah. The first two weeks were shaky. But since then, you can see he's getting more settled. He's getting more comfortable. He's getting more confident, which is why I'm excited to see what Thomas Brown does with him. Um, and I'm more inclined to think Bryce is going to be a lot more comfortable in the offense that's going to be designed for him for this game. I agree. Not saying for the rest of the season, for this game. So I think that that's going to be the difference maker. The other side of that is we as a defensive side, right? We got to come in and show out and we've got to play to the strength that we know we can and we're going to have to plug up some of these holes. I don't know how we're going to do it because for, for the life of me, the manpower we have on that side of the ball is a hodgepodge of players. It's gross. But I can't even tell you who's who. So yeah. that's what I that's, a, that's all I wanted to add is this game is strictly for the haters. It's oh, an it I is. told you so game. We just got to just got to quiet. And I'll tell you right now, though, and it's going to and it's not going to make anybody happy, either the haters or the fans. Their stat lines and CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, do not be surprised if they are like neck and neck. Their QBRs, I, oh, sure. I do not expect them to be any sort of space in between the two of them. I think there's going to be, I'm, I'm thanking each of them. You know, I could say three touchdown, one pick games for the both of them. Yeah. I, I, you know, 200, 180 yard passing games for the both of them. And it's going it, to, it, like this game, unfortunately, as much as people, the haters, the fans want it to be decided by the guys under the court, under the center. I don't think that's going to be the deciding factor. It's just not going to be. I don't. 
I think it's going to have much more to do with the coaching philosophies, which is why I think it's a great week to bring Thomas Brown in because I don't like the matchup between D'Amico Ryans and Frank Reich in coaching philosophies. I, I really don't. And we've, we've talked about it for a while, but you hit uh, on a point there, JB, in talking about how impactful it could be to have an offense that's going to be built for Bryce. I think something that's kind of fallen under the radar and we've seen the writing on the wall in Indianapolis. There's a reason why in his tenure, instead of going and getting a younger guy, he continued to feed in Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, you know, uh, uh, Carson Wentz, all these exact same quarterbacks to just play into the system that he had built, not someone to, you know, be dynamic with. I think if Anthony Richardson is on his team right now, if Anthony Richardson's on this team or if Frank Reich's still with the Colts, these same woes are going to be continuing. Anthony Richardson is not going to be playing. He's not going to look like the next Cam Newton. He's going to look like the next, you know, Josh Allen trying to be back there in the pocket. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how Thomas Brown can, how quickly he can cultivate an offense for Bryce. And like you said, JB, how much more comfortable Bryce could look this week. Right, because that's been the biggest thing. I think everybody's felt that Bryce hasn't seemed confident. And it seemed like he was very, very much frustrated with how things were going. And to your point earlier about, you know, Thomas Brown possibly having a hand in what happened early in Miami this past weekend. Yeah, I can, I can attest to that because I did not see the level of frustration no. or, the, or the level of, you know, uneasiness in Bryce and how, and how he played. He played confident, played sure of himself. You look at the touchdown pass he threw to Thielen, dotted. It was, and thank God it was a dot because if not it was a, it was an interception going the other direction. Oh, absolutely! But he's throwing. But he seemed to, he seemed to be throwing the ball with much more confidence, much more moxie, much more like a guy that was the number one pick. He yeah. seems like he's carrying himself in that type of manner. And and the, the more the closer we can get him back to playing like that, the better. Uh, yeah. Thomas Brown seems to have a plan for, that he wants to implement for Bryce. Seems to have always had that plan from the day he drafted him. I think you'll definitely see more. We'll see more of it. Um, it's just to this point, we just don't know what that'll be. Yeah. We, st we still truly don't know what he'll try to implement. I think the best thing we could probably do is go back and look at some preseason games and the halves that, that, that he did call and start to see maybe what are some things that we could probably pick up on that he'll probably try to implement this upcoming week. I'll be interested to see how the play calling, like, in, in literal calling the plays changes because we saw, you know, obviously last week the wristband came out because – the, you know, as JB mentioned, I think you mentioned last week or so, the difference in taking an Alabama offense where you're getting cue cards and yep. signals is much different than getting oh, a whole slew of, oh, that, I think it was you that said it actually, yeah. was a whole, a whole slew of phrases coming at you from your headset. So I think maybe you even see a philosophy in that change, not where they're, they're having their whole playbook adapted to be, you know, on cue cards or something like that, but they're clearly trying to make strides with the wristband. Mm -hmm. They're clearly trying to, you know, simplify it or at least change it in a way that's a little bit more easier to, to understand for him. So I think that might be one of your biggest changes, and that could honestly make a world of difference if he's not sitting there, you know, getting it. I think another thing will be audibles. Mm -hmm. Changing the play at the line of scrimmage. We have yet to see that from this offense in a way that's been impactful. And I think it's because, like we talked about, Reich sending them out there with one, maybe two plays, and if or if anything, you know, hot routes that, to change to. He's, you know, been infamous in saying, you know, the route was supposed to only go to Adam Thielen, you know, or the, the play was only supposed to go to this receiver. I don't think you're going to get any of that, I pray. Um, you know, like you said, lack mm. of screens that we saw this week. That was like, that's why I thought about it, because I was like, they have not called a single screen. They haven't done one. It's been insane. The Titans are actually getting plays past the line of scrimmage the wide receivers you know <clears throat> but that's why i think it might have switched back and forth because there were still some questionable plays that fourth and one a crucial fourth and one and i don't understand you like i understand the baiting and trying to say okay they they think we're gonna just go for the goal the, the line of scrimmage so let's try to sneak one past him 
and albeit you know Hurst, although again, then I don't have my tight end run that route and try to make that dis that that gap in the distance. And albeit he might have had about an a foot and a half ahead of him, but Bryce Young knows he has to put everything under that ball, and we've seen him overthrow receivers constantly. So that's where I'm like, all right, you made smart plays, and then you call an uh, you know a deep out route on a fourth and one in a crucial point in the game when you were only down a touchdown at that point. So there was those, some of those instances where I was like, why did you just call that play right then and there? Right. Or not calling any timeouts in the last minute and a half of the game when you could have set yourself in much better field position. You had the ball with, what, I think a minute 15 left and all three of your timeouts, and they didn't call a single timeout until, yeah. what, 20 seconds left in the half? That was yeah, I, yeah. I, that was yeah. baffling to me. You're hitting on something there. No, you're hitting on something there because that's another thing I was getting ready to bring up is I hope to see better clock management yeah. um, coming out of the bye week. I hope Thomas Brown has a mentality around that piece because that does dig into Bryce Bryce's confidence as well, right? If you're going in, you're giving me the plays, I'm trying to get the offense ready to roll, and we're constantly either having arguments or, or indecisiveness over what the play is going to be. And every time I get up to the line, by the time he gets a chance to analyze the line, I'm at five seconds. So hopefully Thomas Brown, they can work on that in this bye week, the clock management piece, because I think that puts way unneeded pressure, not only on Bryce, but also also on the offensive line, especially with the way that they're playing right now. You got to be able to give them enough time to get up to the line, get set, and hopefully the discipline of not jumping off sides or being that the clock is not running down and we're trying to rush a play and they jump off sides in those critical moments. Um, definitely, and that's and then and then to piggyback on your last comment, that's exactly why I thought it was situational, right? When you talk about Thomas Brown calling plays last week, because you still saw some of those Frank snafus, uh, your fourth and one, you know what I mean? That sort of that sort of thing. We just can't keep shooting ourselves in the foot when we have the opportunity to take the lead, tie the game, put the game in our momentum instead of us playing from behind. So those are things I think that my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed. Thomas Brown is going to change. Yeah, and I think that hopefully, you know, if it was Matt Rule, I'd be a little bit more concerned. You know, he might try to, like, in the game, in the moment, go, eh, you know what, let me call this play. You're, you're fine. Let, let me call this one. I'm. Uh, there is a part of me that's a little worried that, you know, if things get kind of sticky in the game, you know, Wright might try to take the reins back. I, I, I don't think that is very likely, but there is a small part of me that is a little worried because of how traumatized I've been by Matt Rule. Yeah, I, I don't think so, man. I think I think once is once the once he's off of the play calling, he's off of it for the for the remainder of the year. Again, I think I mean at least from what he said, he's going to let Thomas Brown do this with no type of you know shadow hanging over yeah. his head or anything like that. And, and and I trust him to do that. I trust I very much trust him to, to allow Thomas Brown to be to be able to fully implement what he wants to put into this offense. So. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Frank. It just shows you how hurt I how 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 just traumatized I like. If, for me, if Matt Rule said this for you know like Joe Brady, like if he wasn't calling the plays, I'd be like, you know, it's really just Matt Rule calling the plays, and he just said Joe Brady's calling the plays. Like he's not really. Or when you know when his buddy uh when his buddy per uh, Perry was in there, you know when he was taking the reins, like that's not him calling the play. That's Matt Rule calling the plays, and just with a with a wig on. Like there's no way. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's the case now. I think hopefully you know this bye week is big to give that time to implement. To get, you know, maybe, you know, these guys that are on the fence that have been bouncing around, you know, the injury report can take that break to be healthy. Like, that can be really big to go into this game. And then, 
you know, the next half of the season. I mean, they're not still not easy games, but you can breathe a little bit more when you have to face, you know, a, a Richardsonless Colts. You know, who God knows who's going to be starting for the Titans. You know, these some of these teams that aren't. It, it's not the juggernauts we were seeing in the no. front half of the schedule. It's still not easy by any by any means. You know, I mean, the Bears are still question marks, but there's a lot. There's a lot teams with a lot less certainty. We faced some very certain teams that knew what they were doing, knew who they were. Now you've got a lot of question mark teams you're going up against in the Bears and the Colts and the Titans, you know, these teams that, and the Texans that don't have it as much together. Mm -hmm. And that can allow for you to then slip through the cracks and get some wins. Now, that, unless something happens, really only serves you to just be able to knock that Bears pick down a couple picks. That's what we're playing for at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really what the season's about, is making sure that pick is as bad as possible for them. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing we could be playing for. Like... Four or five wins would be a success at this point. Get him out of the out of the, you know out of the top ten. Try to possibly. Po I, possibly. I doubt it. I, do I doubt, doubt it too. I, doubt I really it. do. Especially. I with, doubt it. I doubt it. You know, I'm. I'm hoping they're going to end up that, with Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> they're going to end up with Caleb and with... Marvin Harrison Jr. But, but it's okay because I'm at, I'm calling you out Bears fans. Y'all still go like three and y'all still win three games with the two of them in the helm, it, and you'll be calling for Tyson Badger to take over Caleb Williams' spot too. So I, I'm I'm ready for it to happen. I hope that's who we see when we go up to Chicago. Um, I, actually, I hope we see Fields because again, there's another it's another hater game, another Twitter game. There's a lot of Twitter games we got coming up, so I think that is what makes this at least a little bit more interesting to watch. You know they're not as abysmal like oh this game's just gonna suck. At least right. we have some. There's some type of there's, 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 there's that motivation, the yeah. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. At least to be able to talk trash to some of these guys, but like you know, that's that's really all we're we can for at this point. And then just that that hope to see that you know I hope Brown does well, not well enough to where he gets poached. Now there's the one question that I think and JB put in the chat, and I think it's a bit premature. Is there a point where if Brown does well enough, do you consider mm. giving the promotion to him? Personally, I don't say so because I've always been against having a head coach call an aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. I've I've under I'm okay with a philosophy, but I've I've never liked that metric. So I think if Brown does well enough to stay around, you do what you can to keep him in the building mm -hmm. and hope he doesn't get poached by somebody else. But I don't think you fire right to give him the job. Um, it would be a bit premature to try to give Thomas Brown a head coaching gig because I really wouldn't. Know, I, this is his. These would be his first games calling plays in the NFL. I mean, it was a bit premature to give him an offensive coordinating gig. Right. I mean, he's kind of. I, I won't say he's jumped the ranks. He's definitely paid his dues, but there's a bit more he's got to learn before I want to make him the head guy. And like you said, I didn't. I never was a fan of a head coach calling any side side of the ball. Yeah. Uh, like you said, philosophies for sure, but calling it, I don't necessarily like. Um. Yeah, like you said, the best hope you you will have is try to see if you can keep him in the building if he has success. In hopes that you know maybe then now maybe that next year things still you know they yeah. if they're on an upswing maybe you consider it yeah. but right now no nah, it'd be it'd be that'd be very premature i know they like play devil's advocate jb so give me the reasoning behind the behind the thought process <laughs> my only thing is if he wins the locker room what choice do you have oh well the last person that won the right hold on hold on hold on <laughs> the last person that won the locker room you fired Right, the last person that won the locker room, you let him walk. You see where that's gotten us, right? So if you got players coming to your office saying, hey, look, we want to play for TV. We appreciate Frank, what he's been able to do. Maybe he can be the new John Cal Jim Caldwell and Capers 
the non-existent uh, consultant. Yeah, I don't know what they're right? doing on the team. And then, and then we can just we can just have TV. That's the only thing I'm thinking of when I said that is, if Thomas Brown gets in there, let's just say we come off the bye week, we win against the Texans. And I, I don't have a schedule from. I can't remember if we have the Bears or the Cowboys after that. It's the Colts after is it the, the Cowboys. Texans. I think it's the Colts. It's the Colts. After the so let's say. So let's say. So so let's say we win the Texans. We win the Colts. And now the team's starting to rally around Thomas Brown, and we get momentum, and we look more competitive in these games. We look more cohesive in these games. We start going towards the back half of the year, and you know we really running it up. Like I'm not to Shantice's point. We get to about five wins. The locker room is happy, and they're going to the office and they're saying this: "What do you do?" In my mind, my mind, you want to feel that you want to feel that stadium up, right? Because you got a lot of blue seats sitting up there. Mm-hmm. So, Tepper, if you're trying to fill those seats, give the fans what they want. You might want to listen a little bit to the fans and what the and what the team is saying around that because. Right now, you've lost the fandom almost, and yeah. you can definitely look at the seats. You can definitely look at the seats. So, no, I, that's my only reason. I agree with you. I just, again, we saw what happened the last time a coach did in the locker room. Clearly, that doesn't weigh a whole lot for Tepper. That's not, you know, that that's about as glittery as gold is for him in that in that metric. So, I don't think that, you know it would come to that point. But it is interesting to say, you know, I think what happened. I mean, we know I think Averro. I think honestly the score the box scores are gonna be the only thing that keeps Averro from maybe getting like an outside job somewhere else at this point if we were to still continue with this losing record. You know, I think that they it because it outshines kind of how well he does in the front half. Now T B comes out and falls out and we're winning, you know, we're putting up we're able to match those forty points, you know, or, or, or get at least closer to it. And it's because of him. Like I don't think the I don't think the players are gonna rally around him per se because it's different than Wilkes, where Wilkes was the old, like was the only was guy the to only rally guy. around. Right. Uh, you know, even if Thomas Brown comes out and performs really well, they're gonna. I mean, Reich's the figurehead, and they're gonna rally around Reich, which is what's supposed to happen. That head coach is supposed to mm-hmm. be that guy, the the pastor he's been. You know, the the leader, the, the public speaker. That's what his role is supposed to be. So I hope that would happen. I think that TB would maybe then, yeah, he might get poached a bit quicker. If, you know, say the enemy gets a job, you know, and a head coaching job, finally. Washington's looking for a new offensive coordinator. You know, Ben Johnson, you know, finally jumped ship from Detroit and there's someone else is looking for an offensive coordinator. He's going to make a lateral move somewhere else. Right. And that's just up to then Tepper to be the money man. You haven't, you've never, <laughs> crazily enough, other than your head coach, have never kept you know, outside of Phil Snow, a coordinator that long. Like, you know, we've gone through offensive coordinators like defense against the dark arc teachers at Hogwarts. So, like, you're going to have to try to keep one for more than a season. And I think that's where Tepper's going to have to make a stand and say, all right, I want I want this guy. I want to keep this guy. And he's shown he can be that guy. So let's do what we can to make sure he doesn't leave the building. I think that's what it's going to come down to. But, of course, you got to put the cart before the horse and put, you know, and put the horse before the cart and actually win these games. So if I'm looking at a record and a, you know, a score prediction for Tuesday, we're going to obviously take our bye week. We need some time to recruit. I've got, you know, a bum knee that I got to get iced. So we got to take a week and a half off. So before we go, my record or my score prediction for the Texans game, I'm going to go. Hmm. I'm going to say 24, 21 Panthers. Give me Panthers 23-17. Okay. <sighs> I'm gonna go Panthers 20 to 14. Okay. Defense 14. wins the game. 
on the defensive defense wins the game. or on a, on a defensive stop. Defense, defense, win, defense wins the game. However it happens, defense wins the game. I'm going to give it to, you know, our defense is, with its many injuries is still going to let up three touchdowns or something. I think that, or, you know, even a couple field goals, I think it's just, it's bound to happen. I think that the offense does look better. We've shown we can, we've shown the last three weeks we can put up twenty points in a game. We've shown we can score three touchdowns. Yeah. It's not the Falcons. It's not the Saints. Yeah. You know, it's not the. Se- we've shown we can actually put points on the board. The defense is going to falter, but they this Texans team is not built like the Lions, not built like the Vikings, not built like the you know the Dolphins to where they're going to be able to put up that many points yeah. for that long of a period of time. They're going to make their mistakes, and then I think to your dismay, I think you know, uh, I think. Um, um, Oh gosh! Oh crap! I forgot his name. Our kicker, help! Oh Panero. I think Panero gives himself a reason. He he proves that he's supposed to be our starting kicker still with a game-winning field goal. I think that oh, to your dismay, he's <laughs> going to prove that he still deserves a, a role on the team and make a game winner. So for me, with a 23-17 score, I gave um from what I'm what from what I'm expecting early on, I think defense is shut out. I think I think both defenses play well coming to start the game out okay. early. I think mm. somewhere in that third quarter is where you start to see. The offense starting to find their way. I think you see Stroud and Tangdale probably hook up, make a play or two here and there, yep. get a couple drivers going, get, get some scores late. It's going to take a defensive stop at the end of the game in order, to, in yeah. order to be able to win it. But I think for us, I agree. offensively, I think for us, I think we, we may jump out to a fast start because nobody's seen this version of this exactly. offense. That'll be playing. That's the biggest thing. There's no tape on it. Mm -hmm. He has has a really big Mm -hmm. ability to just come out. That 10 sheet is going to be really important for both the first and the second half. And that's what I want to see. Our first half 10 sheet has gone really well. I need that second half 10 sheet. Mm -hmm. If I see one more drive that we start the second half and then we go three and out, I'm going to lose my mind. It's so it kills me so much because that third quarter, like you said, is so impactful. And I think it's going to come down to the turnover ratio. I think, you know, you've Mm. got these two quarterbacks that are that are trying to be superheroes in their team mm-hmm. and they're trying to outplay mm-hmm. the other they're you know that they've been doing since they've been in high school they they're trying to out they're trying to do what they've done yeah. for the last 10 years of their lives so i think the turnover battle is really what's going to come down to whichever defense can make a stand i think both defenses are pretty much in the same space as where uh, the output that they have i really that's where you need to see you know i'm hoping you know xavier woods can get out of concussion protocol by that time i'm hoping that um or i'm sorry von bell I'm hoping that Xavier Woods can be healthy by that time. That's going to be really key is if we have our starting safeties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so help mm-hmm. me God. I, I like that he's a local kid. Well, not a kid, local guy. But if Farley is starting there at safety again, I'm going to be really upset. Like, give Robinson a chance. You drafted him for a reason. I understand not putting Chin back there because he, that's we, that's the whole point of why he's not back there. Right. But I think that hopefully, or, and or hell, call Trey Boston. He's tweeting at us. He, he's sitting here playing golf in Rock Hill. He wants to do something, and I you could easily get him on a, on a contract tomorrow. You did it with Josh Norman, and you missed out on a chance to do it again this season. So that's what I want to see. I want to hope that this bye week give give TB the time to implement what he wants to do and get these guys healthy. Yeah. And of course, until then, keep pounding.